0: You are listening to The Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Another great show for you today. We got episode three of Bachelor in Paradise to talk about, a little bit of Bachelor talk, some Dancing with the Stars talk because I watched episode, I think it's three, yeah, episode three uh, last night, and got some other things 902 related, well, not 90210 related, but um, did I talk about that yesterday? I already forgot if I did. I'll probably do it again. I think I did in the podcast, but I didn't in the column. So that's where I screwed up. I forgot to include the uh interview I did about 90210 in my column. Hopefully I'll remember to put that in in today's column. Also, probably end it with some sports stuff. We'll get to that momentarily. This podcast brought to you by Athletic Greens. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to have and give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com reality steve all right let's get going uh, the first thing i want to talk about before we get into bathroom in paradise is I want to talk about the Susie and Clayton interview that they did with Caitlin Bristow. She kind of sprung it on everybody yesterday, had no idea they were even going to do it. The day she teased it is the day it came out. So good on her uh, for getting Susie and Clayton on the show. And I'll be the first to admit, I did not listen to it. I don't have the time to listen to it. I'm assuming it was probably an hour long. I just didn't have the time. But when an interview like that comes out, I know that one of the major outlets is going to have a recap of it. And Us Weekly did. So I went on Us Weekly. And the good thing about Us Weekly is when they recap stuff, they don't put it in their own words. They just take the quotes from the actual interview and put them in the story, which you think would be something that everybody should do. But not everybody does that, amazingly enough. When they recap stuff, they kind of just paraphrase. And it's like, no, that's not a recap. Recapping is not paraphrasing what you heard. Recapping is putting the actual quotes that people said word for word in your recap. So I read Us Weeklies, and you know what it comes down to is this. Looking at it now, I hope I hope a lot of you either listened to it or read the recap. I'm sure it has more of an effect if you actually listen to them, because obviously Susie got emotional during this uh, podcast. I did see that clip on Caitlin's Instagram stories, but listening to what she said, listening to what Clayton said, I mean, it really goes to show that, and look, it's it's not because of Clayton and Susie, because me getting away from attacking contestants on the show started well before his season. But, when I see stories like this, when I see how badly Clayton struggled with the online hatred that he got and the online criticism that he got to the point where he almost took his own life or at least thought about it, that's where that's where I've kind of – I've just heard – I've heard so many stories about that and I just – it's just like that's why I've kind of pretty much gone away from all of that. You make fun of the show, you can snark about the show, but there's one thing to make fun of the show and snark about it and criticize the show versus <clears throat> showing hate towards contestants. I mean, I even before that, even when I was really going at contestants, I never left messages on, I never DM'd them and left them nasty messages. I never left captions. I never left messages on their Instagram feed. You know, it was just, hey, this is my opinion here. It's out there on my on my website or my podcast. But just hearing Clayton and, and hearing that story about how bad it was for him post-show, it just it just kind of goes to show, like, I know this sounds so cliche, but these are real people. And the words and the things that you say to these people and just the bullying online of, no, did Clayton handle himself well on his season? Absolutely not. And he'd be the first to tell you that. Hell, he said it in the interview. Like, I basically should never have been the Bachelor in the where I was in my life I shouldn't have had that role. I wasn't ready for it. So that takes a man to admit that after the fact. No, he didn't handle himself well with Gabby and Rachel. But the way the pitchforks come after somebody who does does that because Gabby and Rachel are put up on this pedestal as, oh, everybody's queens, look at what you did to this man. I mean, you can say, hey, suck it up, Clayton, get over it. I'm sorry, but when... All of America, or a lot of America, is coming at you the way they came after Clayton for, you know, leading two women on and telling them both that he loved them. The sex part, look, Rachel and Gabby didn't even have an issue with the sex part. It was what he told them, that they've always said that. So, yeah, he didn't handle himself well. He said the wrong things. But did he deserve, did Did the punishment fit the crime? Absolutely not. So... But hearing uh, and reading about the recap, obviously I didn't hear it. Like I said, didn't listen. But I would tell anybody to take time out, if you have the time, to go listen to it. Because I'm sure it packs more of a punch when you actually listen to Susie and listen to Clayton Clayton's words instead of actually reading them in a recap like I did. But even reading it in a recap, I got the sense of where these two's relationship couldn't work anymore. Like, I get it. And I'm not blaming the fans, but don't tell me the fans didn't play a major role in that relationship failing. And I don't want to say failing because I I don't want to. I mean, that failing sounds like such a negative word, but failing in the in the sense that they're not together anymore. But, yes, they had good times. And so what they got engaged last or not engaged, but they left the show last November and they lasted till this September. You know, lasted 10 months. It's not like they broke up in two months. But I just, I would suggest people go listen to it and make your own, draw your own conclusions. But I don't know, just based on what I read, I don't know how anybody can either read the recap and listen to them and be like, oh, good. You know, serves him right for the way he treated Gabby and Rachel. Just shut up. Seriously. Shut up. You got to feel empathy for something, for people like that, for what they struggled with. And, you know, they came off that show as a couple and probably, what, one of the most least liked couples in the history of the show coming off. People weren't pro-Susie, even though she didn't accept his, well, we didn't even know until the finale night that they were even still together. Like, for sure, together. But when that finale aired in March, it's not like everybody was pro-Susie. People were hating on Susie. She said it in the podcast. She wasn't getting a lot of support for sticking by Clayton. And I don't care who you are. That's going to take a toll on your relationship, especially when you have a public relationship when not a lot of people like you and not a lot of people are cheering for you. Even though everybody has their fans and they certainly had their fans that they were way more people. I don't want to say more people, but there were a lot of naysayers out there that were just like, good God, Clayton and Susie, we don't care. Let's get to Rachel and Gabby's season. And then the same shit happens at the end of their season, you know, shitting on Rachel. So that's what I mean. The hypocritical fan base is hilarious sometimes. But go check it out if you haven't already. And, you know, there's really nothing to add. It's their story. It's the first time they talked about it. And we just heard some things that we had never heard before in regards to their relationship. And them basically saying, like, yeah, you saw the good moments on Instagram, but we had a lot of struggles behind the scenes. A lot. And, you know, you just wish them the best. Maybe there's a chance for reconciliation in the future. Clayton needs to, you know, I guess find himself and, you know, actually start loving himself before he can love anybody else. Like that was the main thing that you probably took out of that interview is he needs to get right with himself before he gets in any sort of relationship. Bachelor in Paradise last night. Actually, over the last two nights, I think, I think one of the biggest things is there's literally two different shows going on right now. It's what we're being shown on Monday and Tuesday nights for two hours each and then what's going on on social media because you're just not seeing the real story playing out on television. Biggest example was probably the Justin and Kira Twitter beef. Justin tweeted out yesterday, LMFAO, Kira was at Stagecoach. This whole story is news to me. Anything for some screen time, though, I guess. Sigh. Immediately, pictures were posted of Stagecoach with Kira and Justin in the picture. No, they weren't next to each other. But Kira responded to that particular post, a tweet of Justin's with, You okay, bro? We had several short conversations while there. Get some glasses and a better attitude. Justin replied, I'm sorry. I truly don't think we spoke all weekend. Just odd to speak on and embellish someone's whereabouts and actions so authoritatively that you don't know. And then Kira replied, that, we definitely spoke. And I was in the five-person group with Sally all weekend, so I know what I saw. Don't really understand why you're coming at me, but it's all good. So, I mean, this is what I mean. Who knows? Spoke, yes. It seems like they spoke, but clearly Justin doesn't have any memory of it. And I don't know why he just doesn't admit to that and just take the L on this. When there's pictures of them in the same group, clearly... He hung out with, you know, the the other narrative was the Justin Sally stuff at Stagecoach that they were all over each other. I mean, that from everything that I've been told, and that wasn't true, Justin and Sally were not all over each other. He showed the most interest in her from what I was told. But all over each other means to me more of a sexual thing. And the way it was been described by gossip mongers on TikTok was more towards a physical aspect, which absolutely 100% did not happen. He was interested in her at stagecoach. He spent a lot of time talking to her, but they were never like alone and all over each other means when they were hanging out, he had his arms around her. She had his arms around him. that wasn't the case. Ask anybody who was there. That wasn't the case because I have heard from people that were involved and people that were close to the situation that no, that that did not happen. They were not all over each other, but he was interested in her, and there was a mutual liking between the two, which was then supposedly, I guess, supposed to continue on Paradise. Then we get the Sally storyline with, you know, look, I don't. I've never had an issue with Wells. I don't think I've ever had a bad thing to say about the guy. I don't really think I've talked about him very much, just because he's just there. He's I get his job, but. I thought that crossed the line on Monday because, you know, he even tweeted out, like, you'll see some of my best work tonight. Stay tuned. It's like, wait, you're promoting this? Your best work? Which was basically a complete bully job against one of the contestants? Because that's what it was. He straight bullied. He he participated in a skit that basically threw Sally under the bus. And I said on Twitter – And I said yesterday in the daily podcast that I was, uh, the daily roundup, that I was going to shed some more light on this issue. I'm going to wait now because we're going to see Sally appear on the show on Monday. We saw that in the previews at the end of the episode last night. She's going to show up on the show. I want to see exactly what is shown versus what I know went down behind the scenes. I can tell you that reenactment skit that they did with Wells, there were parts of it that were true. Like, they didn't make the whole thing up. However, every major part that you thought, oh, my God, Sally's crazy, or the, it was either a lie or completely exaggerated. And I will get into that next week. But I want to see the episode air first because I want to see exactly how Sally appears on television and exactly what is said, and then I can share with you what I know behind the scenes about what happened in terms of getting her on the show, the suitcase, all that stuff. So I promise you I'll have that for you probably next Tuesday because I need to watch Monday's episode because that looks to be the one that she's going to show up on. Also, um, I do find it interesting that a lot of the players, I say players because I get this from Game of Roses, but a lot of the contestants are speaking out against the show in regards to the Sally um, situation, and I just find that very, very interesting because – you're really not allowed to. And I mean, if you read some of the tweets from Genevieve, from Jill, from Marlena, who's not even on this season, if you've read those tweets, they've circulated all around. You've seen them on probably the Instagram pages and whatnot, or anybody who recaps the tweets of the night, they're all in there. You've probably seen them by now, but essentially, I mean, if you can read between the lines put it this way if you can't read between the lines I will help you out here these women are basically said production told us to do this and we did period they just can't say that in a tweet so that's why they say things like do you really think someone would bring a waffle iron to a beach I mean there's no other way to read that tweet other than yeah that wasn't real it wasn't it wasn't, Sally's, it wasn't even Sally's real suitcase. It was a suitcase that had the name Sally on it that was put together by production, and a waffle iron was planted in there, and a vibrator was planted in there. Like I said, I'll get into all this next Tuesday, but none of it was real. And the fact that contestants are speaking out about it is pretty amazing. I guess their thinking is, look, if we all say something, what are they going to do, sue all of us? Maybe that's their thinking. I guess it's pretty smart because if one person just goes scorched earth, they will get in trouble. But all of them are throwing shade and without saying the word production in any of their tweets, that's basically what they're referring to. When someone says, Why would anybody take a waffle iron to a beach? or Do you really think someone would take a waffle iron to the beach? they're basically saying that wasn't even Sally's suitcase. That was a plant by production. Now, granted, you have this. You have this um, slippery slope here where it's like, okay, but you you guys still did it. You guys still listened to what production told you and opened up a suitcase and made a whole spectacle of it. And then they will come back, and I already know their argument, is they will come back with, you don't understand unless you're in that situation. You know, production has all the power because production will – Basically dangle stuff in front of you and take stuff away from you and basically say things like, well, probably not going to get a rose tonight if you don't do this like they will do that. So while production doesn't make you do anything when they attach things to it, like you're probably going home. On the Bachelor of the Bachelorette, well you might you, you better kiss him tonight because everybody else is kissing him, and if you don't, it means you're probably not getting a rose. Those stuff that stuff happens all the time. So you you wonder why these people freak out and have meltdowns or whatever. Because they can never talk about the production side of it. They can't break that fourth wall of what's really going on behind the scenes. That's where you get people like myself, people like Dave, people like Game of Roses. We will tell you this stuff. The Bachelor-affiliated podcasts whose hosts get direct deposits into their accounts that are sent to them directly from the show, do you think they're going to fill you in on that stuff? No, they can't. Again, I'm not telling anybody to not listen to anything they don't want to listen to. And don't go listen to Bachelor-affiliated podcasts. Just know, if you listen to Bachelor-affiliated podcasts, know who's paying them and know where they're getting their bread buttered. Myself, and Dave, and Game of Roses, and She's All Batch. We have no ties to the show. We can say whatever we want, and we can relay info to you from fairly good sources that tell you the real story. All right, I wanted to finish this up with... Dance with the Stars. Charlie and Mark were at the top of the leaderboard again, along with Gabby and Val and Whitney and Wayne. And again, Mark stood with his hands behind his back. Didn't have his hands in his pockets this time. (laughs) He had them behind his back. And I've had this discussion with, a few people offline and it basically just seems to be, this must be an age thing where the optics of it just don't look great. And there must be some sort of show mandate where it's just like, okay, if you have, if you have a female dancer that is, you know, under 20 years old, even though Charlie is 18 and she is an adult, I guess just the optics of it don't look great. If he has his arm around her constantly and he's kissing her on the forehead and kissing her on the temple. I don't know but still haven't gotten a a direct answer. But any dance with the stars insider, please let me know because um, I got to believe that that's maybe like an unwritten rule or just something they don't talk about, but it's known like, Hey, you just don't do it. If you have a young dancer, like I was thinking back to last season, wasn't Suni, what was her name? Suni Lee, the gymnast. I can't remember who her partner was, but now thinking back on it, she was what? 15, 16, I can't remember. Did her partner have his arm around her during critique time and and scoring time? I don't even remember. So, um, yeah, but that's that. Um, Here's something interesting. And this is, again, this is not an attack on Gabby. Do not run with this, aggregators. But in Gabby's video package before her dance last night, I just thought it was, she said, Charlie is a trained dancer. Wayne is a performer. I'm just a reality TV girl. Okay, I see what she's doing there. She's pandering for votes. I get it. But while you, yes, were just on reality TV back-to-back seasons, Clayton season, and then your own season with Rachel, to limit yourself to just saying I'm just a reality TV girl, I'm sorry. Gabby has a background in dance. She was a Denver Broncos cheerleader. And we all know, anybody that's watched this show – And I've said it for years. If you have any sort of dance in you, any sort of dance training, you are on a dance team, you automatically have a leg up on anybody else who has never danced before because you have the musicality in you. You know how to dance to a beat and look fluid doing it. When you see other people out there that have no dance experience, you can just tell. While they may have learned the moves, it almost seems like they're counting in their head what they need to do and get every move down. But there's nothing fluid about it. When Gabby dances, everything is fluid. She's a dancer. She's danced before. Charlie has obviously been dancing since she was three. Wayne is a performer. He knows what to do. And that's just the difference. When you have a background in it, yes, no, Uh, yes, no, Uh, Gabby, no, is not as popular as Charlie D'Amelio. Charlie D'Amelio has hundred and whatever it was, 147 million followers on TikTok. Wayne has been on TV for 20 years. Like she's not as known as them, but that doesn't mean that she, you know, she has this imposter syndrome. I, I just thought that was, you know, like I said, it's not a huge deal that she said that, but I, she was pandering for votes with that line. And trying to put herself down, like, oh, man, these these people are so much better. It's like, come on. you. While I don't think Gabby is on the same level as Wayne and Charlie, it's not like she's way behind them either. Because she's killed it for three dances. She's really good. And one of the reasons she's really good, she has a background in fucking dance. So, of course, she's going to pick stuff up, be better, and look more fluid doing it. So, yeah, I just I just wanted to say that about Dancing with the Stars and then um, we'll get to some sports stuff probably uh, tomorrow as we're at the uh, about the 22 minute mark. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. My column will be up later on today, giving a lot of my thoughts that I just shared, along with um, embedding the video that I did, the interview I did for 90210, uh, the uh, 32 year anniversary was yesterday October 4th 1990 is when the show first went on the air and then um, you to have your reader emails a lot of them are from after finale night because I haven't had a reader emails in two weeks so we will have uh, that in there as well so go look for that probably in a couple hours around 9am central time so thank you all for listening I really appreciate it and we will talk to you tomorrow see ya!